Hello, hello, listeners of the Yours Truly podcast. Claire here, sitting behind the mic. If you don't know already, or if you're new to the show, my name's Claire Tuning. I am a non-diet registered dietitian and certified intuitive eating counselor. And I am so happy that you are joining me for episode 104 of the Yours Truly podcast today. So I don't know about where you are in the world, but where I am, this episode or the intro is being recorded on August 27th. Uh, I recorded this episode with our guest a couple of weeks ago, but it's getting to that time of year, again, where I am, that it's starting to look a little bit more like fall outside. No leaf changes or anything like that yet, but the hue of the light is a little bit more fall-like, if you know what I'm talking about. (laughs) If you know, you know. Maybe it's an East Coast thing. I don't know, it's starting to look a little bit more like fall in the mornings. If you go outside, it's getting to be a little bit more crisp. And honestly, I could not be more happy about that. I had someone in my Facebook community, and we'll talk about that here in a second, but she shared with me earlier today that because 2020 has been such a year so far, she's deciding to fast forward her way into fall because it's such a joyous season. She was doing so by having a pumpkin iced coffee here in August, and honestly, I couldn't endorse that message anymore. (laughs) So maybe I'll have to get on the pumpkin iced coffee train sooner rather than later. The other thing that someone in my Facebook community shared with me this morning, and then I promise we will get to what you're actually here to hear about today, um, but she shared with me that there is such a thing as a fun, fetty flavored coffee creamer And I was shook by that. I was like, do you mean it has sprinkles in it? Does it look like Funfetti? And she said there were no sprinkles, but she said it tasted like the vanilla cake mix that we all know and love to be Funfetti. So I don't know why this intro just turned into a coffee creamer review, but I can tell you on my list, Funfetti creamer and then pumpkin are coming into the fold here at the Yours Truly headquarters sooner rather than later. So anyways, now that we've gotten our uh, weather and coffee creamer updates done with, I would love to jump into our regularly scheduled programming where I feature a post from our private Facebook community that goes by the name of the Yours Truly Goal Slayers. So this post is kind of short and sweet. I know sometimes I will put, you know, question posts and I'll offer a longer explanation, but I do not want to delay getting to our guest today because I'm so excited to introduce this interview. So this post is short and sweet. It's kind of a, a celebratory post. But this individual writes, this morning I had the best breakfast with zero guilt because I followed my hunger and my fullness cues. I was actually able to enjoy every bite without thinking of the macros or calories. And to top it all off, I was able to include a couple of different food groups if coffee counts as a food group. Laugh emoji. (laughs) Have a great day, everyone. You've got this. 
So if you are looking for a free community that is open to join, that is filled with individuals who are learning more about intuitive eating, they're asking questions, they're getting support, they're posting celebratory, I enjoyed my breakfast post, like the ones you just heard, I would love for you to come and join us in the Yours Truly Goal Slayer private Facebook community. So if you've been here, listening to the show before, you know it is pretty easy for you to come and join us. All you have to do is fill out a brief application beforehand so I can get to learn a little bit about you and you can learn a couple of the ground rules that we follow and abide by in our community. So if you are looking for that application, you can find it on my website. That's clairetuning.com slash community. Again, clairetuning.com slash community. And if you're not looking to go on my website, you want to access that application through another way, you can find me on Instagram at Claire Tuning and the link to that page on my website lives in the drop down menu on my bio. So you can find it there as well. And I hope to see you in our Facebook community soon if you are not there already. But without further ado, I am so incredibly excited to introduce my guest of this podcast episode. Her name is Erica Leon. Um, Erica, I'm going to read her bio here. She is a registered dietitian. She is a certified eating disorder dietitian. She's the owner of Erica Leon Nutrition, an outpatient group nutrition practice in White Plains, New York. With more than 30 years of experience, she and her team help individuals develop a positive relationship with food and work tirelessly to treat and prevent eating disorders and disordered eating in adults, adolescents, children, and families. Erica creates a safe and nurturing environment for individuals to explore their attitudes about food, weight, and body image. She utilizes a non-diet, health-at-every-size approach, which helps chronic dieters and those in recovery from eating disorders to discover their natural internal signals of hunger, fullness, and satisfaction. She is a certified as an eating disorder dietitian with the International Association for Eating Disorder Professionals and is an intuitive eating counselor. Erica is also certified as a body positive facilitator with the Body Positive Organization. Erica, my friend, you're doing it all. Erica's practice offers a wide variety of services, including individual and group counseling sessions, cooking programs, and in-person and online intuitive eating and nutrition workshops. Her current online intuitive eating program is called Intuitive Eating Essentials for Midlife, Menopause, and Beyond. She holds a bachelor's degree from Cornell University and a master's degree in clinical nutrition from New York University. She has written many professional articles on nutrition, is a frequent speaker on topics such as eating disorder treatment and prevention, and belongs to many professional organizations, including the Academy of Nutrition and Dietetics, the International Association of Eating Disorder Professionals, and the Academy of Eating Disorders. Who? I got to take a breath after reading that bio because our guest has so many qualifications. She does so many different things. And as you will hear very shortly, she is so knowledgeable on many, many topics regarding nutrition, intuitive eating, eating disorders, and the life cycle and how nutrition can kind of fit with all cycles. 
So speaking of that, I'll give you a little bit of an insight about what you are in for with this interview. But Erica and I spend a little bit of time talking about why bodies, specifically the bodies of women, change throughout the life cycle. You know, puberty, childbirth, perimenopause, menopause, the non-diet influences of body changes as well. Um, We also talk about how diet culture can kind of lead us to demonize these changes that we experience in our bodies and sometimes even lead individuals to feel like they're doing something quote wrong if and when their bodies begin to change over time. And lastly, we talk about how intuitive eating as an approach to nutrition and food and nourishing our bodies can be really helpful and supportive of not only our mental health, but also our physical health as we age and especially throughout that perimenopausal, you know, premenopause, menopause, postmenopausal time. So this is a topic we have never before covered here on the Yours Truly podcast, which is why I wanted to have Erica as the expert come on and speak from her personal, her professional, and her lived experience all together. So without further ado, please welcome to the Yours Truly podcast here on episode 104, Erica Leon. Welcome back to another episode of the Yours Truly podcast. I am sitting here with Erica Leon. Leon? I said it correct. Leon. Leon. Okay. I asked right before we hit record and, you know, escaped my mind, but it's okay. Um, But how are you today up in the New York area? Oh, I'm very, I'm excellent. Thank you. Yeah. Well, I'm really excited to have you on. And I know I offered a couple of moments ago that we always kick things off with a little this or that. So are you ready for our fun game? And then we'll get into yes. our topic of the day. Yeah, I'm excited. <laughs> yes. Okay. So my first question for you, books or movies? Movies. Movies. And I'm so sad I haven't been able to go to a movie theater. Um, yeah. But- but I like movies. Yeah, I know. I like too, but yeah, I, I think I'd much prefer just chilling and watching something right now. Yeah, I feel that. I feel like, you know, books are amazing and they have their place, but at least for me personally, reading feels like a job. <laughs> feels like yes. a chore. I think that's kind of where I'm feeling. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm in my, I'm reading all day, you know, things, studies and, and whatnot. And yeah, I think that's just sort of relaxing. I'd like to just relax into a, into a movie. Totally. I don't disagree, but yeah, living in the, the COVID world that we've been in since March, uh, movies at home seems to be yes. the going trend. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> well, the second question for you, and this is very important and I must know the answer, uh, pancakes or waffles? Oh, waffles. Why? <laughs> I think I like the texture. I think I like the crunchy texture better than the soft texture. Okay. I do have to agree the nice crunch. I also like with waffles, all the little divots where it can hold like some butter and syrup. I think it's more exciting in a way. I I feel the same way actually. Yes. Yeah. Team waffles, team waffles over here. Uh, Next one, when it comes to vacationing. So again, this is going to look different in a COVID world, but let's pretend it was, you know, like it was a year ago. Would you rather vacation in a beach setting or in a mountain setting? Um, A mountain setting. Even though I love, I love the ocean and it's very peaceful, I have a hard time sitting still. So I think in a mountains vacation, I'd be doing more things like hiking and kind of, I don't know, being in, in, in nature just feels different than being at the beach. 
Totally. I feel like to me, at least whenever I go to the beach, that's just like major relaxation. I want to sit and I want to read and I want to try not to get sunburned. <laughs> right. But when it comes to the mountains, it's definitely more active by nature for sure. Yeah, it's more active. And you know what, honestly, I don't like getting the sand in all my little things. So that's <laughs> another thing. And it's really weird, but yes. Yeah. I don't disagree. I have this one bag that I always take with me, like to the beach that holds, you know, sunscreen and books. And whenever I bring it home, no matter how many times I wipe it down, like months later, I'm still digging out sand from all of the crevices. Yes, that's correct. <laughs> so I don't blame you with a mountain vacation. Yes. Uh, next one, this is a little bit more social media focused. Mm -hmm. Are you a Facebook fan or an Instagram fan? If you had to pick one. Oh, Facebook, Facebook. And, and I believe it's because of my age. I believe mm -hmm. that, um, I'm, I'm older, you know, I've got grown kids and I think that my demographic is more hanging on Facebook. Okay. Much to my kids' chagrin because they are Instagram people. And, you know, I, I actually started with Instagram by following them, <laughs> stalking them. Um, I didn't say that. Yeah. And, and I, you know, I see that Instagram is, is exploding. And so I've, you know, started to get a little bit busier on it, but I definitely prefer Facebook. I think I just feel more comfortable. Perhaps. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's always kind of the platform that you start on always tends to be one of your favorites because it's just more familiar. You know, the people on there It might not have as big of a learning curve as some of the other platforms. Have you, uh, have you TikToked at all? I attempted and I got in and I got out very quickly because I said, oh, this is going to just take me down a very bad rabbit hole. So. <laughs> I have to say, I don't disagree. It's one of those platforms that can really be like a time suck because like it doesn't stop. It's like the videos hardly ever pause. There's no homepage. They just keep going. <laughs> you know, I have, a, I have a client. I, I just adore her. And she keeps sending me TikToks. She keeps sending me like fat friendly TikToks. I said, stop sending these to me. I don't want to get involved. <laughs> That's too funny. Yeah. Um, the final one that I have here, this is a seasonal one. Are you more of a fan of summer or winter? Wow. That's a really hard one. Cause I like, I like winter, but, um, I think what I'm feeling right now is I don't like extremes. So I think I really prefer the fall <laughs> or, or the spring. You're like, I, I'm going to write in my own option, option C, not a, not B, but C. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, I wrote my own. I, I don't blame you. Fall is one of my favorites. I tend to live in the gray area a little bit more. And yeah. it's like sometimes summer can be amazing, but then you go outside on a really hot day and you regret everything. And then winter seems cozy, but then it snows and you can't go anywhere and you also regret everything. Exactly. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, I'm definitely in the gray. <laughs> yeah. With where you are in New York, I mean, I think most parts of New York definitely get more snow than we're accustomed to in Virginia. But are you in a part of New York where snow is like, a major part of your winter? We're closer to New York City. So, okay. um, you know, upstate New York is really where you'd see more snow. Mm -hmm. And it's, I, I find for like for the past five years, it's really depended some seasons more, some seasons less. Um, but it's just cold. It's cold. Yeah. 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 yeah I think uh, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to pick of all the four seasons. I'm, I'm going to pick spring as my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I should have tweaked my question. I just picked the wrong seasons. I should no, that's a really, <laughs> that's in the great, that's a great question. I like that. <laughs> totally. Well, although I could probably sit here for the rest of our time and ask you about New York and snow and movies and all of the different things, I know we're also here to talk about more than just that. So yes. for any of our listeners who don't know you yet, so they maybe have never heard of you or your content before, 
Barbara, can you just share a little bit about who you are, what it is that you do, and maybe also a little bit about how you made your way into this side of nutrition? Absolutely. So I have been a dietitian for 35 years, um, a long time. And I've done a lot of different things, but what's most significant is for the past 20 years, I've been working in the field of nutrition counseling and, and eating disorders. Mm -hmm. And I've established a private practice in Westchester County and I have two dietitians who work with me. Um, and so that's really been the primary um, source of what I've been doing. Um, and over the last five years, I've just sort of, I don't know, um, gotten myself into online spaces. And I think, you know what it is? It's when my daughter went away to college mm -hmm. and I became an empty nester because I have two kids. And so, yeah, when the house became a little quieter and I started to have more time for myself, I would do my practice and then I would just find myself on Facebook and getting myself into social media. And what's interesting is that all the work that I did in my private practice, I kind of did it quietly. I wasn't very active in social media, but I was always a help at every size dietitian. I always worked with intuitive eating. And I think what happened for me is that I discovered an online community which I think is so important for anybody who is trying to be in the non-diet space, who's trying to let go of diets, to have community. And that's what I found. And so it's really been over the last five years that I've gotten myself more doing work online, having a Facebook group and, and having various Instagram accounts and really, again, feeling part of community. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. And I, I love kind of the, the evolution. It sounds like your private practice started and you were maybe working more on your own, not necessarily out in the media, but then I love how you kind of paralleled when I had more time on my hands and my house was quieter. <laughs> I started looking for that community and maybe looking to fill kind of the void in that way. So you mentioned that you specialize in eating disorders. Um, I know also a lot on your feed, speaking of your social media, and this is kind of what we'll get into a little bit more here, but you talk a lot about how intuitive eating fits at different parts of the life cycle. Mm -hmm. Correct me if I'm wrong, but you really focus on perimenopause or menopause. Mm -hmm. So can you maybe share a little bit about just what you do with that population or that age range with intuitive eating? Oh, of course. So, I mean, again, you know, I'm, I'm 61. So I've been through all the life cycles, you know, I've, I've, had, <laughs> I've been an adolescent. I've had my, you know, I've gone through adolescent kids and I've had children and seen my body change. And, you know, as I talked about this time, sort of this last five years was my sort of perimenopause and into menopause time of life. And there were so many things just as on a personal note that were going on in my life. Mm -hmm. And I think I would think to myself, my God, if I was dieting, if I was working on restricting my food and trying to make my body smaller, how would I have gotten through this period of time? And I'm on the other side. I'll just say this. I'm post-menopause and I think to myself, I survived. I feel like singing and like, I've survived. <laughs> but I feel like now I can sort of help guide women and you know people who may not identify as women, but anyone going through this period of life, it's very, very stressful. And I think it's important to recognize that it's a vulnerable period of time for eating disorders. That's something that I also want to put in there uh -huh. that similar to adolescence where hormones are changing, it is a period of time that bodies change. We tend to put a little bit more weight around our middle and that's very normal and natural. Mm -hmm. And it can be very, very distressing 
for so many women in particular, obviously with what we know in society that we're all supposed to stay small. Mm -hmm. uh, the notion that our bodies change is, is very, very challenging and it really does lead to more intense dieting. And it's not just that we have this, put this pressure on ourselves, but every single thing you read on the internet talks about don't gain weight. You're going to gain weight in your belly. It's going to lead to diabetes and heart disease, and you're going to get XYZ disease. And you go to the doctor, and that's the first thing they say. Be careful. You're going to gain weight going through this period of time. And it's a very bad messaging because, you know, again, it makes us hypersensitive and crazy about our food. And so that's, that's, re that's the reason that I've started to work more in specializing. You know, I, I understand it. I've been there. Yeah. Um, yeah. It kind of sounds like too, you maybe identified when you were going through it and then looking back, like maybe I didn't see any content around this or this wasn't normalized. So it kind of sounds like to me, at least that you're maybe filling the void of what you didn't see when you Absolutely. were not only did I not see information, but, um, I was given poor information when I was given the information. It's not something we don't I'm just going to say this in our country. We don't talk about menopause. Mm -hmm. It's like this taboo subject. We don't talk about aging. And when people think about aging, um, it's, there is some discrimination or, you know, ageism around, you know, the, the notion that, you know, we get older and, you know, we're, we're not as productive or we're not um, as sharp. And I'll just say that sort of, I feel like I'm going through another um, rebirth, that this is like a, a time of really incredible um, creativity and being able to do things now without having restrictions. Mm -hmm. And I think there's a lot of societal messages that we really need to correct. So yes, there's no information out there for how amazing we can be at this period of time. And the fact that we are supposed to gain some weight and it's not so terrible. I just want to say that normalize that our bodies are going to change and it's okay. Yeah. I mean, case in point, kind of like you were sharing in your story, even goes back to our little fun this or that segment. You said within the past five years is when you've been doing more on social media and you've expanded your private practice. So kind of sounds like a little bit of that, you know, creative period, kind of that rebirth you were saying is reflected a little bit in your own journey. And two, one thing that you mentioned a couple of moments ago that I just want to say again, in case anyone missed it, I love how you mentioned that, you know, this period of time, perimenopausal, the menopausal period can be a really vulnerable time for the development mm -hmm. or maybe worsening of an eating disorder mm -hmm. or disordered eating behaviors. Because I'm thinking, you know, this is something that I thought for a long time. It was almost how I was brought up in my dietetics education and just being on the media. But mm -hmm. I often thought, oh, disordered eating and eating disorders, that only impacts young adolescent females that look a certain way, right? But really as we learn a little bit more and I'd love to hear you speak on this, you know, eating disorders, disordered eating patterns don't discriminate and there's no age, there's no specific body, there's no specific look. They really can kind of take hold at any point throughout the life cycle. Would you agree? Absolutely. Um, and I'll just say even people who don't think they have an eating disorder are often surprised that they meet the diagnostic criteria. For example, um, I have several women in my practice who are in larger bodies who just dieted their whole lives and came to me because they didn't understand why they couldn't lose weight. They didn't understand why they were binging and just in working with them, you know, sort of getting to the root cause, like just having their bodies shamed for being in a, in a, in a large or even extra large or whatever the size may be, mm -hmm. haven't been given messages that their bodies are wrong and 
restricting through their entire life cycle. I mean, again, I'm, I'm thinking I have, I have had a whole group of women in my office before COVID. It was so nice. We had a, a, a group of women, sort of middle-aged, postmenopausal, all in larger bodies, several having had bariatric surgery, really striving for smaller bodies, but, but all eventually became larger, all worked on normalizing their eating, but they all had disordered eating. Mm-hmm. So I'm talking about, there's so many different segments. There's, there's, people in larger bodies who are hardcore dieting. There's, I have, I have several women that I'm working with who had a resurgence of anorexia in, in this sort of perimenopause, menopausal period of time. And they thought they were, they thought they were cured. They thought they were never have going to have, have an eating disorder again, but things happen during midlife. Um, things, I'm just going to name a couple of things that can happen. Um, it's happened to friends of mine. Think about, divorce, think about death, uh, things like moving, things like um, two family members of mine, for example, became very, very ill, caring for aging parents, having kids that are going through stuff. Like all of this stuff is happening, call it the sandwich generation, while our kids are going through stuff and our parents and we're kind of, we're, we don't take care of ourselves. And it's really a ripe time for the development of eating disorders. So I really want to point that out. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I, to be honest, I have never heard it described that way. And I, I mean, being a younger individual, I've never thought about it from that perspective of I'm in the middle of my life. I have children. I have aging parents. I have all of these things that are kind of impacting me as an individual. And we know that that definitely ties into our eating behaviors as well. So I think you summarize that very well. So thanks mm-hmm. for that. Um, but one thing that I, I'd love to dive into, and you were hinting at this a little bit earlier, you were saying bodies change, especially mm-hmm. throughout all different cycles of life, whether it's adolescence or childbearing years or mm-hmm. even after that. So since we're kind of talking about that perimenopausal, menopausal, postmenopausal period, would you mind sharing with our listeners what are some of those very normal, very okay changes that they might be seeing in bodies around that time? Absolutely. So first wanted to say that we always talk about menopause. It's mm-hmm. like this period of time, but menopause is, is literally one day. It is the one day anniversary of, of a woman or a person with ovaries being without menses for one full year, 12 months, 12 months free of period. The next day you're postmenopausal. So you're perimenopausal up until the day you're menopausal and then you're postmenopausal. <laughs> one day window right there. One day, But we talk about this whole period of time as menopause. Uh-huh. Um, and it really takes like this, this menopause generally occurs. We have a sort of an average age around 51, but for the, some say three to five years, but I think it's even eight to 10 years prior to that last period, our bodies are going through natural shifts in levels of estrogen and progesterone and this hormonal fluctuation is kind of what happens during adolescence. There are so many things that happen in our bodies. We, and, and they lead to changes emotionally. When our levels of hormones are fluctuating, we get moody, we don't sleep. I want to say that there are other things that happen in particular to, to women around this perimenopausal time. Hot flashes, um, dry, dryness, dry skin, um, very strange sensations in the body, and they have to do with changes in our hormone levels. And often women feel like they are going crazy or they are dying, and it's a very stressful period of time. And I wanted to say that some of these things that happen, sort of not being able to sleep 
and being very stressed out, that affects our cortisol levels, which mm -hmm. tend to be elevated if we don't sleep enough. We, we may be eating a little bit more. We may not necessarily be listening to our hunger and fullness cues at, you know, accurately. Um, but along those lines, we do tend to put a little bit more belly fat on because fat manufactures estrogen and our bodies are slowly depleting our levels of estrogen. And so it's a very, very normal and natural thing to have extra body fat. And it definitely goes around the middle and it's protective. And it's been referred to as a life preserver rather than a spare tire by a wonderful psychologist, Margot Main, who coined that term. And I just love that. It's the life preserver. Yeah. Yeah. And I love too, kind of as you're describing this, and I'm hoping our listeners can hear the tone of voice you're taking and the words that you're using, but you're describing it in a very neutral and a very clinical and a very normalized way. This is what happens. This is why. This is what your body's doing to protect you. It's mm -hmm. very far from sometimes the terms that I hear being used or the tone of voice of diet culture, I'll just use that term as a very broad generalization of all of these not so helpful messages that might see some of these changes and say, your body's wrong. What mm -hmm. is happening? Um, you're doing something wrong. You're at fault. So I'm kind of curious for anyone who is listening, who is maybe in this period of life or maybe has a friend or a family member who's going through this, what are maybe a couple tips that you have for normalizing, for neutralizing these changes and not listening to diet culture when it starts to point the finger of blame, saying your body is wrong, you're wrong, you're failing, X, Y, Z. So the first thing I just tell everybody is it's normal to gain weight and just really relax around it. Our bodies are wise. They know what to do. We have to trust our bodies. And the second thing, and I would tell every single doctor, and I do tell every single doctor, that this is a period of time that even though we're so crazed and we're taking care of everyone else, we really need to focus on taking care of ourselves. And the way to do that, now that if I could go back 10 years, I would be already a, a pro at meditation. You know, I've, <laughs> I think through COVID, I, I got back to my practice, but I would say work on stress relief and stress management. That is going to help you more than going on any, than any weight reduction diet. Mm -hmm. So working on behaviors that are going to make you feel good in your body. It's your body. It's yours. You're the keeper of it. You're in a relationship with your body. And, and again, it's your job to take care of it. And what you can do, move your body in any way that you enjoy. I found that, you know, I used to be an aerobics instructor, you know, when I was younger, that was then, this is now, now I can take a walk. That's, that's <laughs> the limits of my body. And it's like, find a way of moving that feels good for you, that you can fit into your lifestyle. Mm -hmm. So work on health promoting behaviors, not thinking about weight loss, because that's, that's lose-lose. That leads you down the path of disordered eating. Thinking about ways to Embrace your body and take care of it is the best advice that I can have. Mm -hmm. And I love the, the theme that you're focusing on there. You keep saying behaviors, health promoting behaviors. What can you do? And, you know, something that I've mentioned here on the, the podcast before, weight in and of itself 
is not a behavior, right? So I love that you're really focusing on the stress management techniques, the movement in a way that feels enjoyable and accessible mm-hmm. for someone's body. The, you know, I even branch out to say, can you form a meaningful connection with someone? I mean, here in COVID, that might have to be virtual if it's not someone who you live with, but, you know, forming connections, you know, offering your body fuel and adequate energy, you know, all of these behavior focused things. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm going to repeat that. Weight is not a behavior. It's a byproduct of taking care of your body. That's all. And it's a byproduct of genetics. Mm-hmm. You know, I always tell my clients, look to your ancestors. I mean, unless you were adopted, that's a different story, but look to your ancestors and what was it, what were their bodies shaped like? Mm-hmm. And I always think it gives really great information because we just can't, we can't beat our genetics. We can't. <laughs> yeah. I think that's, um, hard and and weird to hear because that's not the message that is uh, portrayed. That's not the message that sells. That's not the message that is shouted from the rooftop a lot these days. But it's very reassuring to think about that. I had a group and we did an exercise where we did think about our ancestors and I had so many aha moments like, oh yeah, my grandmother was really round and she was really strong and she was Eastern European and strong. And that's, I guess that's why my body is built the way it is. I mean, I think it's just really normalizing. Like we, we can't escape our genetics. I think I've said that five times. <laughs> well, I, I love in the one takeaway that I'm getting here. And what I love to do on the podcast is hopefully offer listeners as many like takeaways or like, I can think about this now. I can try to do this now, but what I'm hearing from you, I love the action item of look to your ancestors, right? Mm -hmm. Kind of do that self-study in a way. And one other thing, and this is kind of related, it's a little bit more along the lines of eating, specifically intuitive eating, but something that I wanted to ask you since you do take an intuitive eating, health at every size approach with your clients. I'm curious for, again, anyone who is listening, who's maybe in this stage of life that we're talking about, or again, they have a friend or a family member, how can intuitive eating as an approach, as a framework be supportive for our physical, our mental, emotional health throughout this period in life? I think intuitive eating invites you to look inwards. And I think that's what I really like about it. And I think that's very helpful at this stage of life because middle age is really a time to reflect. Um, Where am I now at this point in my life? How do I want to live the next X number of years to the best of my ability? Mm -hmm. And I'm really tired of restricting my food. I'm really tired of dieting. I'm really tired of getting up and and punishing myself by going to the gym when I really don't feel like it. What, how can I live the best possible way for the next period of my life? And that's kind of what I love. So with intuitive eating, it invites you to look inward, figure out instead of the external rules of a diet, figure out what your body's feeling. Does it need rest? Does it need sleep? Does it need exercise? What kind of foods do you actually like? Um, What are some things that are going to be health promoting? It is a period of time, I always say, to think about where your health is and to, as we get older, I'm going to say we do have health issues that occur and a lot of it is part of aging. For example, um, we do tend to have higher rates of heart disease, higher rates of osteoporosis as we go through post-menopause. And so it's a period of time to sort of get your ducks all in a row, seek regular medical care. And I want to make a point about that. It is challenging to make sure that you see a doctor who will not 
shame you or make you get on the scale. So I always go armed with information about, I don't want to get weighed. I'm working on health promoting behaviors. Don't, don't lecture me. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> I've done that myself to many of my doctors. So I, you know, again, intuitive eating really goes and mixes in with all of this. Yeah. To look That's my message. I love that. And something that I have learned from many different people, but the, the one person who I credit with this is Evelyn Triboli, one of the co-authors of Intuitive Eating, when I was taking one of her trainings, she always says that intuitive eating is an inside job. So I love that idea from you, you know, look inward and kind of do a little assessment, not from the judgmental perspective, but from the, what can I do to support my body right now? What does my body need? I love that you mentioned just medical care as a form of self-care or eating enough or kind of do I'm even thinking almost just aligning values like how do I want to spend the remainder of my life do I want to spend it with food rules mm-hmm. trying to manipulate my body or do I want to spend it making peace with this enjoying time with loved ones like that's kind of the main message that I'm getting from you is prioritizing values may I just say thank you for really putting it very you know concisely <laughs> that is what I wanted to say and I always do a values assessment when I start working with somebody uh-huh. and I think it's very important to you know when someone talks about their values being family and connection and well how does restricting your food and not going out with your family when they want to go to a restaurant, how is that, you know, in line with your values? And I think it's an important thing to look at. Do you want your tombstone, God forbid, I'm sorry, to say, you know, here lies X, Y, Z, you know, she or he or they were tiny, you know, that what, what's important to you in life. So thank you for oh. saying that. No, I, and I love the idea of kind of that values assessment. And I know one of our mutual friends and colleagues, Brianna Campos, we were just talking about her before we hopped on, but I know we both took a training of hers recently where she asked that question and that really stood out to me, you know, how does this thing that you're thinking a lot about or that you're pouring a lot of time and energy into, how does it align with your values? Does it bring you closer to who you want to be? Mm-hmm. Does it make you feel more distance from that? So I'm hoping all of our listeners have like a jaw on the floor right now. Like, oh my <laughs> gosh, this makes so much sense. Yeah. But the, the one thing that I wanted to ask you here kind of is one of our final questions before we plug where people can find you and what resources you have available. But we've talked about a lot. I'm, I'm even looking at the clock. I'm like, how did we cover so much in like a 30 minute period of time? It's kind of wild, but I'm wondering just with all that we've talked about here so far, if you could maybe give our listeners one takeaway or one piece of advice, just based on all that we've talked about, you know, intuitive eating, body changes throughout the life cycle, what would you maybe offer as a kind of knowledge nugget for them to take and think about or implement moving forward from hearing this episode? I would want them to think about their values and to think about where they've been in their life with their food and what their relationship with their food is like. Are they living in, in service of their values? Are they, are they happy with the way they're eating? Are they feeling comfortable and content? And, um, or is it stressful and causing a lot of harm? And the thing I would say is evaluate where you are now, how you want the next however many years you have to live to be the best possible, you know, and, and that would probably be, in my opinion, letting go of diets and learning about intuitive eating. So I guess the question really is, are you, are you happy? Are you living in line with your values? That's yeah. the biggest question and the biggest takeaway. 
I love it. It wraps up everything we talked about so nicely. And two, something that I will often say to my clients, I put this on social media sometimes, but I'll say, does this behavior, does this mindset, does this diet, does it add value to your life or does it take away value? I think that's a really good question too. I like that. Yeah. Well, we'll take it and we'll combine both of those as takeaways from our conversation. Um, But Erica, it has been wonderful getting to talk to you. I have seen you here, go back to social media. I've seen you on social media. I've seen you in trainings, but this is actually the first time that I've been able to speak with you one-on-one. And I have to say, I learned a couple of things from you. It is apparent that you are very knowledgeable and you have so many stories and, you know, things to share just from being a dietitian and qualified in so many areas. So if anyone who is listening is nodding their head saying the same thing, you know, I learned so much and they maybe want to learn more. Um, I know you mentioned that you maybe have some offerings, some, um, I don't know if there's a course or if there's just something else that people can do to learn more about you and this side of nutrition, where can they find you and what would be the best way to do that? So my website is ericaleon.com. And I have a lot of offerings. I have, um, I have a free ebook on nutrition for menopause. And it's a weight inclusive approach where we don't talk about dieting. Um, I also have a free intuitive eating course. And my newest offering is an intuitive eating course specifically for women at midlife menopause and beyond. And um, it's been really a blast doing the course. And th- th- what I'm hearing the participants say is that to be with colleagues, to be with their cohorts, to be with others in the same age group who are sort of going through the same thing and understanding it, it's, it's, um, it makes it easier because we know intuitive eating, non-dieting is countercultural, mm-hmm. And there are so many people out there who are going to be challenging our beliefs. And it's so important, as I said, to find community. So um, yeah, I've, I've worked to create community for, for women in my, in my age group. <laughs> I was going to say it really ties in so nicely to what you were saying at the beginning of this episode, saying you were searching for community, you created a community, and I'm really hopeful that anyone who is listening, who maybe identifies as, I want to work on this, I could use community around this specific topic, or just people within my age group who have similar values, there's that word again, (laughs) I'm hoping that they will find you and seek you out, and it sounds like you have multiple resources for people to find. Um, So a big thank you, not only from me, but also our listeners here of the Yours Julie podcast for coming on, for sharing your content, for sharing a little bit about your story. But my friends, my listeners, that is all we have for today. So I always do a sign off where I say Yours Julie, Claire, and Erica. (laughs) No. (laughs) There you have it, my listening friend. That brings us to the end of episode 104. I really hope you enjoyed my conversation with Erica. I selfishly learned a lot from speaking with her, so I hope you are taking away a lot from this episode as well. As always, if you loved this episode or anything that we share here on any episode of the Yours Truly podcast, the best way to say thank you and to pay it forward is to tap those five stars 
stars and leave a review letting us know what you love about the show, what you're learning, and maybe even what you would like to see or hear more of. Getting more ratings and more reviews is one of the best ways for the show to grow and reach the ears of more individuals who could benefit from hearing some of these messages. So please take a couple of moments and do that if you have not already or what the heck, do it again if you've already done it once. I would be so incredibly grateful. But that is all that I have for you this week. We will be back next Wednesday with another episode of the show. But until then, take care of yourself and we'll see you next week.